0: Everyone, to the second episode of this season's Best Bets show, Field of 68, all brought possible by our fine sponsors at Bet Rivers, Matthew Cox here, running point, Kai to my right, Jim to my left, fellows. a lot of games last night, some may say too many, depending on if you're a college basketball scrooge or just a fan of the game, no matter who's playing Kai, I enjoyed all of it, uh, drowned in most of it, but enjoyed all of it, some takeaways, some learning, some lessons uh, from you to our loyal listeners.
1: Well, Matt, it was an awesome day of ball. Overwhelming, yes, tons and tons of games, but man, we saw some good ones. And no, there wasn't the marquee matchup versus marquee matchup, but there's a lot of awesome mid-major games. Asheville, UCF, double overtime, Drew Pember went for 40. Belmont won on a buzzer beater three. Incredible play call by Casey Alexander uh, to beat Ohio. And Jim, Sam Houston State, a buzzer beater to beat Oklahoma in in, in uh, dramatic fashion.
2: It was an awesome day. Buzzer beaters, close games, upsets. What more do you want? Colorado State buzzer beater, too. Yeah. Colorado, it was, yeah. It was a heck of a day. Uh Loyola had a buzzer beater Loyola, to go time. Like, right, there were yeah. a lot of wild, wild endings. I want to give a tip of the cap to the five newbies in division one. Queens with the first win as division one team, knocking off Marshall. They covered Lindenwood and Texas AM Commerce were like right on the number. They just like they compete right on there. They battle, Stone, baby. Stonehill, I think, didn't cover by a point. And then Southern Indiana, Kai, against our Tigers, 14 of 17 from three in the mm-hmm. second half. You heard that right. 14 of 17. Wild fact. Welcome to those schools. Welcome to D1. Uh, a pretty solid effort from all of them in considering the circumstances, at least against the number.
0: Yep, happy to have you. Hey, we're going to start off with uh, the former Queens head honcho here on the outline. But before we get to the actual action, Mister McKeon, little library here for the Bet Rivers customers out there. Make sure you capitalize on these folks. These are plus EV types of things. Looking to wager on college hoops parlays, which we don't usually, but we will when this is such pr- pr- provided for us. Four legs, guys. A four leg CBB parlay of twenty five dollars or more, and Bet Rivers will give you a free twenty percent college hoops profit boost. That's once a week. Can't use every day, but once a week, choose your horses wisely. Available in all sportsbook states. Prop Boost will be loaded within 30 minutes of qualifying, so make sure you give yourself some time. Uh, Don't just rush to the book and make that last second. Think thoroughly. You know, vet these picks, guys. And as we will do today, Jim, on this very short slate, I'm going to you first. Milwaukee-Purdue leads us off tonight. Uh, Big Zach Eady and the Boilers are going to host Bart Lundy as he ushers in the new era in Milwaukee basketball the headline reads, biggest upgrade coaching in the country. That's 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 kind of how I would frame it for Milwaukee. What are your thoughts? And they're, laying, they're catching 26 and a half, though.
2: Well, Matt, they gave it to Milwaukee School of Engineering last night. They so did. It's it is program. tough traveling on the back-to-back, but uh, I think the, the minutes load was pretty balanced for Milwaukee yesterday. I'm not really worried about back-to-back, except in terms of preparation, Kai. And you want to have a little more time to prepare for this Purdue offense. It's intricate. There's a lot of off-ball action you can't really prepare for Edie. That's just not something that anyone has a, a chance of competing one-on-one. But if you're doubling and you don't know how to rotate to their off-ball screens, I think that could be an issue. Leads to a lot of points for Purdue. But Milwaukee is competent. Uh, I wish they had one of their top two point guard options. Um, Even yeah. Holt left late in the offseason and an injury to, to Ratliff late in the offseason too. That's not ideal for the Panthers, but I still think it's a fairly large number and they can hang around with Purdue.
1: Yeah, it's a big number. The the drive from Milwaukee to West Lafayette, I don't think it's that bad. And and you got to think that easy. Lundy's staff was focused more on this game than MSOE, who they beat by like eighty yesterday. Bart Lundy, former Queens coach, dominated there. Two hundred twenty-two and sixty-one over his career, seventy-eight point four percent winning percentage. That's pretty good, Matt. Pretty pretty good. Tell you what, Lundy likes to do. He likes to run. He likes to push tempo. And like Jim said, I don't think Milwaukee can stop Purdue at all, especially inside with Edie. That's why I like the points in this one. I like the over in this game. It's my best bet. 144 and a half at best at bet nice. rivers over Milwaukee and Purdue. Lots and lots of
2: points, high possessions. Yeah. The best yeah. bets what, will come from the eight game slate today because that's there's, right. there's nowhere else to take them from. Yeah.
0: Unless you guys are capping the D tier D three slates. I have not gotten to those yet. Kind with you on the over um, you guys mentioned the preparation. I don't think either team really like had a big robust scouting report. I think this is sort of an exhibition for both teams. I don't think Milwaukee has any intention of winning this game. I don't think Purdue has any intention of losing it. I think that plays well for a little bit of a faster tempo. I got burned yesterday on some big spread unders um, Mississippi Valley state Baylor, to start off the day. What was one that stung me just something to keep an eye out for. Um, you know, when you're betting unders or overs, really in these big spread games, the game just kind of turns into who the heck knows. So, just like a whole variance mosh pit that I don't want to get a part of. Um, if you're betting the under, I would stay away. I guess. Uh, any other final thoughts on that game? Nope, didn't think so. Kai, we're going out east. Providence hosting Rider. Ed Cooley in the squad brings back, eh, Jared Bynum, a few other key pieces, but they do lose a lot of the cornerstones from last year's magical run. We all bemoan them for being the most luckiest team in the country. Now is the variance monster lurking this year for the Friars as they host a very, very feisty rider team, in my opinion.
1: Yes. Yeah it's got... Oh, sorry. Were you kicking at me or Jim? I oh, was a Kai.
0: I meant to go Kai. Sorry, Jim. That's me. It's on me.
1: Be better at hosting Matthew. Right. Just kidding. You're a great host. We all love you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Matt. I, uh, the luckiness that has to regress in some fashion, even if you don't believe Ken Foley in that stat, fact is, it's there. You're know, you going to lose a little bit more close games this year, probably Providence. Your team's not quite as good either. Nate Watson's loss is huge. Uh, It's highly underrated, in my opinion. Ed Croswell is not his equal, despite what some might say out there. And Jim, Ryder's no pushover this year. Four starters back, including Dwight Murray. The talent and the experience are there to compete in the upper part of the MAC, M-double-A-C. But spread feels maybe about right to me little short. I don't feel confident taking Ryder.
2: Uh, but Providence Jim not immune to losing these early games or keeping him close. Yeah. And I think that's the big point on the Providence luck factor is mm-hmm. that the luck measures every single possession that they play and how much better they are than their adjusted opponent. And early in the year they were not better than their adjusted opponents. They were two and four against the spread as a double digit favorite last year. And that's an Ed Cooley tradition. He's nine and eighteen against the spread as a double digit favorite in his last 27 as a favorite of seven or more in his career, Matt, in his career, thirty-two and sixty-two, it's not good. He's not a good favorite. That's just not. Wow, that's what, pretty bad. Yeah, that's not what Ed Cooley yeah. is known for. That that's per Bet Labs. That is that is a, a shocking stat. That's of seven or more. And I just I kind of think a team with no returning starters. Bynum was not a starter in the NCAA tournament. He was the sixth man mm-hmm. against a team with four returning starters on Ryder's side. They can compete inside. They've got size. Yeah. Uh, Tyrell Bladen's back from the ACL tear. They bring in. Tyreek Ingram from Wake Forest. So they got bodies to battle inside. Riders, my best bet. Plus 13. I'm with Kai. I'm not in love with the number. I would have liked it a little bit higher, but I just think the matchup is key. The ATS numbers of Cooley being a favorite is, is very important. And I think they can hang around, be feisty here. That's kind of the, the tradition with Providence as a, as a home favorite. It is a John Fanta game, though, so be careful. Ooh, love that. Ooh, so is
0: that an extra point then for Providence? I didn't make that into my handicap. The the
2: dunk, yep, the the amp.
0: Betting Riders never been a fun experience. I do think this season is a little different because Jim mentioned they actually have some size up front. That was their big bugaboo last year. They're not the most disciplined always, especially defensively. They give up a lot of easy layups and open shots. But on Hmm. offense, they have an adult at point guard. And Mr. Murray, who I think will not be overwhelmed by any pressure that I presume Providence may throw out in this uh, tonight. I think it's going to be more perimeter-oriented. Friars attack. I'm with Jim. I like, the, uh, I like Ryder. I also lean over. I think a lot of points in this game. Um, next on the slate, Duquesne hosting Montana. Another one of these weird sort of non-conference travel spots. We'll get to that one later right. with uh, Georgia Southern to go into San Jose. But So, Kai, that's my concern off the bat there. If you're looking to back Montana, which if you are – You're catching a stale number now. It's been bet down to four from six at one point last night. Um, I still like the Grizz, Kai. What do you say at this number?
1: Uh, Numbers right now. It it came down too far for my liking. And and rest assured, Duquesne's much, much improved in last year. Dan Brose done a really good job uh, for the most part at that program. Last year, kind of throw it out. Chemistry was awful. The guys gave up on the team. It wasn't a good situation. This year, he has a lot more talent. He has more of a cohesive roster, I would say. No Tevin Brewer today for Duquesne. That's big. But Trey Clark is a top 25 JUCO recruit, uh, former VCU guy who should be very good in the backcourt for Duquesne. Day-Day Grant is there from Miami, Ohio. So there's talent on this roster. In addition to the frontcourt, by the way, Kevin Easley, Trey Williams. That's a pretty good frontcourt. But Jim Montana's experience, too. They have three or four starters back. Uh, their coach, DeKire? DeQuire? I don't De-cure. actually. Know DeCure? It. DeCure?
2: He thinks they Duke, upgraded their definitely. size,
1: their experience. They can match up with the Duke's front court. So I do lean towards the Grizz, Jim, but it's come down a little bit too far for me.
2: Yeah. So the the narrative for me on both of these both these teams is that they were horrendous down the stretch last year. I mean, mm-hmm. Duquesne lost 17 straight to end of the year. Montana lost Montana like eight too. I eight know. of their last 11. When Mack Anderson got hurt, it was a serious problem for them. But that was that made it simpler for Montana to rebuild this year. They didn't have to restart fresh. Like seven of Duquesne's top 10 minutes getters last year are gone they really turned over the backcourt i think that could take some time to get figured out especially with brewer out like Kai noted i think Montana's a little more stable with what they have from last year carrying that over i'm not worried as much about the travel because it's not like on the back of another trip yeah first game. Like, they've had plenty of time to get there yeah like I'm, I'm not too worried about that so i did take montana at a slightly higher number i think four is okay if you want to not a best bet for me but um I, I i made it i think three so a little bit lower and would still be okay with four if you if you needed to play it
0: i took it small at five because i'm super sharp i wouldn't play it at four. <laughs> uh i'll i'd stay away i just think that keep damn an underrated coach and i think this team feels like a much more bullish outlook relative to last year um but yeah it's also one of those like i said the first game of the year variance volatility just you don't really know um all right, next. Matt, what I,
2: I want you to, this is this is funny from the chat, Spencer Douglas. Matt, how can you tell when a team doesn't have an intention to win like Milwaukee today? You, you said they don't plan on winning today. <laughs> they, they didn't prep for this
0: game. That, I don't feel like there's any, like, if you're on Milwaukee, you're like, yeah, we're going to beat Purdue tonight. You're not beating Purdue tonight. Sorry. You're, you're there to get better and learn and have a fun experience. And, oh, wow, I played against Zach Eady at Mackey. That was awesome. Woo! Let's get ready hey, for Horizon League play.
2: Arkansas time bluff, plus 35 and a half, lost by Yeah, one. shut Just me right anything up. Bo's
0: mint. My boy Bozeman. I got to text him, by the way. He's the coolest guy I talked to this offseason. Next game, before we go to a quick chat mob break, I believe. Are we just going to fly through all these and then get chat We'll
2: we'll do do chat mob before best bets at the end.
0: Okay. Um, East Carolina, Mercer. For another one of these weird non-con games where you have a low-quality AAC team against, I would say, a a solid to above-average SOCON team. Jim, I'm going to you. I have a pretty strong opinion in this one. Big story here is ECU is now beginning the uh, the Mike Schwartz era, the um, artist formerly known as Rick Barnes, is defensive coordinator at Tennessee. Does he have players, though, Jim? That's the concern. Does he, he doesn't have players?
2: have players with size. That's the problem. He's yeah. got a lot of guards that I kind of buy. I think their perimeter defense is going to be really feisty. Uh, they've got some guys that can get in front. They can move 94 feet with the opposing ball handlers. They're really vulnerable inside, though. But I don't know if Mercer takes advantage of that. James glisten is out. They're kind of big jacked 240 pound forward. Shannon grant is out They're six 6'10, 300 pound guy. That's a, a big threat on the block. So even with McCreary coming in from South Florida, I don't know that Mercer has the pieces to really take advantage of ECU's weakness, but Kai, I can't take East Carolina until I know if Winston tabs is for sure playing and actually contributing for them. He's supposed to be out there, but we don't know mm. uh, for sure yet. So I, I'm staying away. This line has been tug of war between who's going to be favorite like all night into the morning. So it, it's a stay away from me.
1: Yeah, too many injuries. Tom Sheen in the chat says Tabs is playing. So if he's right,
2: this yeah, guy's got has, the inside. He, has, he also hasn't played in like a year and a half. So I don't yeah. know that he's going to be the I tabs listened to hope. two
0: separate podcasts, and they both underscored how uh, intentionally deceptive okay. Schwartz yeah. is being about this. I, I don't think you're getting anything big from Tabs. And I'm the yeah. biggest Tabs guy there is. You're not getting a big Tabs game tonight.
1: No, that's fair enough. And, and Mercer has Grant and Glisten out. I, I don't really like that either. Mercer lost a lot of players from last season. But their offense, Matt, is usually very good. Greg Gary, I think, is a very good offensive coach. Uh, East Carolina's defense should be their strong point, right? Schwartz, you mentioned, Tennessee's defensive coordinator. Uh, but I just don't know what to think of him yet. I don't have any information on him yet. I'm staying away.
2: Yeah, I know no, you're not. There's no uh, Eve Pons or Josiah Jordan James. No, no. there's not. Six, not six, quite. Six seven monster multi-position guy. They don't have that.
0: Mm-hmm. uh well i'll just spoil it now best bet is mercer minus one and a half uh back in the bears and greg gary i i know that the, the Glesson and grant injuries are concerning ish but i think the addition of Mercury up front from south carolina is a pretty big game changer i just think he's an athletic force that somewhat negates the loss of those two not fully but but somewhat and i'm more mostly just selling this ecu project early uh, i think sports is a good coach i think he'll get it going eventually but not at this point uh with the lack of town he has so go mercer Minus one and a half, I think, is the updated press numbers. Uh, Next one here on the outline. South Carolina versus South Carolina State. I think we're thinking bloodbath is coming. Um, Kai, I'm going to you here first. Uh, South Carolina State, sort of in a weird transition period after they just lost Mr. Madlock, Mm -hmm. a phenomenal coach, last season. So what does this new-look team uh, feel like to you? What are the vibes you're getting out of this camp early?
1: Yeah, South Carolina State shouldn't be good this year. Um, Number one, they have injuries on their team. Well, yeah. Number two, Eric Martin, their new coach, Huggins guy. Who We love Bob Huggins. He took over late. He took over in like July ish. Uh, Getting a late start on building your program in your first year is a tough, tough place to start, but South Carolina Jim is a big fave. I don't think I trust that, especially Lamont Paris coming in. He's also a first time head coach at this program. He needs to prove that he's not going to slog the game down. Like he did at Chattanooga quite a bit, grind out games, with the spread this big, I'm just staying away. It would be lean towards South Carolina, Jim. I, I do think they probably blow them out. But again, the, the pace does not uh, excite me.
2: Yeah, It felt like sometimes Paris would, would speed it up a little. He never ranked inside the top 260 in tempo, so I can't really back that up with a ton of data. Uh, but this is more about how bad I think South Carolina State is going to be. Yeah. Like you said, the late hire of Eric Martin set him way behind the eight ball really didn't get a chance to go into the portal too much. And the best guy he got out of there, Travion McRae is out for the season. Yeah, I, I think there's a chance that they're like bottom two teams in the country, maybe not Mississippi Valley state bad, but easy for a team with any size and skill on the perimeter to punk. And while South Carolina isn't like overloaded with monster talents and Gigi Jackson is still only 17 years old. I think there's enough talent there to, to run away in that one. I would certainly lean towards South Carolina. I, I kind of fudged my number to hopefully take them still didn't really end up doing it, but uh, I'm, I'm wary of how bad South Carolina state could be.
0: Mm. Yeah. I tried to give like six points for home to make my number look better for South Carolina. It's like long travel across the state. Uh, yeah. I think the game Cox is the right side. Don't feel great about it. Cause just first year coach, a lot of new, how does that look in game one? Who knows? I didn't see how their exhibitions fared.
2: We razzed a lot on uh, Hayden Brown as a transfer to the sec, but this isn't an sec game. This, right. yeah, he should Brown dominate dominate. a Miami
0: Yes. Team. Yes. Fine. Hard agree with that. Uh, Kai, speaking of one of the weirdest handicaps that we'll talk about all season, probably.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Hartford sacred heart. Uh, one team no longer has a heart really because they're, the heartbeat of their program, John Gallagher has resigned uh, less than 72 hours ago. So this line went from a soft pick one opener up to eight. Um, and there's a reason. I think people are sort of just like selling the fire sale that is Hartford basketball as it's on its way to D three. I might get cute and punch the other way. I think eight points is insane. This team is not that talent depleted. Kai, tell me why I'm an idiot, please.
1: Well, I probably push back and say they are talent depleted for sure. And there is talent depleted. This before. game okay. this game got pounded overnight. Yes, like you said up to eight and a half. It was what four and a half, five this morning. It does seem nuts, but unfortunately, the John Gallagher resigning two days ago news got everyone's attention on this game. I think you would have seen this a lot lower had that not happened, which is frustrating, but so it goes. Everyone also is pretty aware of the Hartford transition to D three. That's not good for the program. And then also, Jim. Hartford lost all five starters from last year. They returned seven guys, but they are all on the bench. None of them average over six points per game. It seems like this team could be in danger of just quitting, kind of sleepwalking through the season, especially without their coach. Um, So I would still lean Sacred Heart, even at eight, eight and a half. They're a pretty good squad, got some good transfers, but it has gotten pretty high. I can't really, in good conscience, recommend a, a full play on it. Yeah,
2: Sacred Heart did well in the portal. They got three different guys from the MAC yeah, The that are moves. probably going to start one through three. I think that's that's pretty solid. Matt, you're you saying this Hartford team isn't that devoid of talent. I disagree. I, I think sorry, it's no talent.
0: I think it's like above South Carolina State talent or Mississippi Valley State talent. You don't think so? Okay, you can
2: get They couldn't give scholarships to freshmen this year, so they had to get guys that are like D3 worthy. Right, D3. Weren't yeah. accepting money. They basically told other good players to leave. That's why, as Kai said, they have no starters back. These guys that are that are returning barely saw the floor last year other than Kimbro. I, I think this team has disaster potential, mostly because of talent. I do think they and we, we kind of learned this as we were doing the Almanac, they knew that this coach transition might be coming. So right. I don't know that the players are going to be like that floored and feel that betrayed. Yep. Yep. Um, and, and I think they'll play hard for the assistant that's taking over. I just think it's a talent problem for them, so I, I would still lean towards Sacred Heart right now. Uh, Hartford, another team that I think will sink towards the very bottom of D one this year.
0: So, Jim's he's a little bit of an IUPUI twenty twenty two in in uh, in Hartford's future. We'll we'll see. I just think the move, which seemed mostly rooted in the coaching thing, was a little bit of no reaction. Like no players have really defected. Like out of that news, and yeah, maybe people were expecting that. I don't know. It's don't, very
2: high. I can't. I'm surprised. I thought it was gonna get up to six.
0: I couldn't yeah, really get to eight. It's eight a and lot, half. yeah. Um, but I'm too scared, so I'm gonna probably stay away on that one. Uh, we had two more to go. Kive going to you first for Georgetown Coppin and State. Patty Ewing looking to uh make a big push this season, cement himself as the future long-term head coach solution for the Georgetown uh, yeah. rebuild. We all know that's probably yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Juan Dixon, the boys on a little back-to-back for Coppin after they got kind of forked in the second half against Charlotte. Do you think they have some fight tonight?
1: Gosh, Patrick Ewing, man. What a rope he has, right? 0-20 in the Big East, and you still have your job. That's impressive. <laughs> that's impressive. That's what that's what being a legend gets you, I guess, in, in the Big East. This is his last year, unless he does something crazy. Uh having said that, I'm not really confident in Coppin Jim uh on a back-to-back here. They really did fold against Charlotte. However, they shot really poorly. Uh, Sam Sessons, Tark, both had tough nights. Those yeah. two are pretty darn talented in the backcourt. That is a crazy good MEAC backcourt. Uh, Georgetown, though, should have enough talent, despite Dante Harris being out to control this game. I just don't feel good about backing Georgetown, especially as a big favorite. Reminder, Jim, they lost to Dartmouth last year in the opener.
2: Yeah, Patrick Ewing, 9-16 and 16 oh, right. against the spread <laughs> as a double-digit favorite in no, his thanks. career at Georgetown. He's not good at it. Uh, Matt, you kind of made this point, I think, internally to us yesterday about Coppin, where that game didn't mean much to them playing Charlotte, but playing like D.C. area rival Georgetown, Big Brother, I think they get hyped for this one. Uh, Last year, they played a crazy gauntlet of a non-conference schedule, but they covered eight straight games from November 13th to December 1st, just like playing every other day, basically, on a crazy road trip. Uh, So I actually think they're going to be up for this one. They're going to be a little feistier than they were last night. I lean towards Coppin State here. Matt, you like variance. Maybe a little bit on the money line for Coffin State. Uh, I, I know Georgetown's see, a lot Jim. more talented than they were Let me last find you a
0: price on that.
2: I still don't they like are. them as a favorite. They play down to teams. Yes.
0: Jim, would you like plus 1,300? Sure. Plus 1,200.
2: .2 units on plus 1,300.
0: I'll risk more than that. I, I went over three of my money lines yesterday, so often a <laughs> yeah. bad start for the Maddie money line era. Um, Jim, so you, I think this game actually is competitive, and I actually like the under for that reason. I, I think this game kind of slows down. It gets kind of tight late. I don't think we see the same crazy Georgetown. Ah, we're down 25. Let's just play rec ball and try and close the gap to 10 like they do in the Big East. Um, I think this game actually could get a little tighter, a little bit. Uh-oh. Ewing may lose his season opener in a year he has to win, sort of kind of clammy down the stretch, uh, especially with Juan Dixon and that fairly talented group that he has there. Nothing farther on that game. Um, last one on the outline, Jim. I'll get you for the uh, little West Coast special here. San Jose State hosting Georgia Southern. Very odd matchup. Uh, yeah. Tim Miles uh, on San Jose State. Brian Berg, head coach of Georgia Southern, uh, making the trip up to the, the the Northwest. What do you see here? Kind of a lot to break down matchup-wise, schematically.
2: This was like the, the one I looked at the most and saw, or when I say most, I mean – I made the number like exactly what it was. I'm kind of comfortable with both teams. I like San Jose state in the non-con last year. They were pretty solid until they lost Diallo and couldn't really guard anybody anymore. So I feel decent about my number there. And that means I have no value. Kai, it is an odd matchup. You get like a no middle, almost pack line esque team going West with Georgia Southern can San Jose state shoot enough to open up that kind of a defense. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but can Georgia Southern score like that? That's kind of an issue for them too. So I would probably lean a little bit towards the under, but I'm not on side or total here.
1: Yeah. Odd game, gross game. My number said to probably take Georgia Southern. I was kind of on the border and I was like, you know what? Jury's still out on Brian bird. He's a Chris Beard disciple. He just hasn't fared well yet at that school. He's dealt with injuries COVID the last couple of years. Maybe this is the year he kind of gets it all together. Uh 10 miles, Matt, not a coach. I really want to fade. You saw what he did with San Jose state last year. In the non-con, they looked actually confident, pretty good. But their exhibition result does not inspire confidence. They beat a non-D1 team by three points. They struggled in that game. They are down at half. Again, though, I don't trust Georgia Southern, especially on a long road trip, despite what I think is a lot better guard depth this season. It's a stay away from me. I agree with Jim, though. The under uh, would be a lean on the total.
0: A lean on total, under, agree there. If this game was not the first game of the year, um, and I knew I had like one ounce of evidence about what Georgia Southern will look like this season. I'd probably be on Georgia Southern as well, but just such an unknown. And you add in the, uh, the pretty, pretty stressful travel there. Not something I'm looking to get involved in. Um, chat mob inquiries, questions, other games that we haven't talked about. Oh, wait, no, there are none. Cause we just talked about yeah, all we, of them.
2: We have no take on immaculata. Unfortunately, there's a little bit of a, groundswell. ground <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. For mine still mine's, still, <laughs> mine's still marinating. Mine's <laughs> still
0: marinating. Um, any other, uh, pretty first half I'm seeing. Yeah. Yes. Sure, I haven't sure. seen.
2: I haven't seen a lot about questions yesterday. Um <laughs> Ramon Reyes asking what the heck's going on with peanut butter hanging with TCU. Yeah, I'm a little Those. worried about that. I know been... that Pine Bluff, I think, hit at least eight of their first 11 threes, maybe 10 of their first 13. Yeah, they're and TCU made like three the entire game. But you should still be able to wear that team down in the paint, kind of destroy them on the glass, eventually fork them in the second half. So it yeah, we'll we'll come down to the buzzer. Kept. That was a very Concerning outcome, even with no Damien Bos like their ball pressure guy, like you, it just can't be that close against Pine Bluff. That that mm. is that is an issue. Um, Pat Taylor,
0: Kai, Loyola, Chicago, warning signs sound it'll be ringing the bells. I saw Mar- Marquise Kennedy did not play. Correct. I think he is yeah, no fairly so important. Fairly Dickinson's but... pretty decent.
2: I think. I think yeah, yeah, is they pretty big. Big, okay.
1: Uh, yeah, it wasn't great. I'm going to chalk that one up to FDU might be a little bit better than I thought. They're not on Loyola's level by any means. I just think it was one of those weird
2: games. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give Loyola another chance. A lot of new pieces for Loyola. They had that same core yeah. for so long, and now they're kind of shuffling. Florida looked great, Ramon, but Stony
1: Brook was really bad. So TBD. <laughs> yeah.
0: What was the one team that had the biggest disappointment performance-wise, but went unnoticed because of the time slot oh. or just the?
2: It's Florida State.
0: Florida State. Okay, I feel like for BYU me. was like B- the. BYU oh, is good.
2: That's whoa, the unnoticed one because they team. won. Yeah, it was, right. it was like I, I we joked in our in our chat, like we saw that BY. We saw it. Yeah. We, we, we saw we saw that. We, we know what notes. you did.
0: Yeah. Mark Cuban gift takes yeah, we we saw it. Uh all right, let's go to best bets. Nothing else to to banter about as I'm trying to fill uh full runtime here. As I mentioned, Mercer, uh show no mercy, Mercer, Greg Gary. Get it done there. Um I think it's a better team. So went on the road. First game of the year. Kai, yours.
2: Milwaukee over 144 and a half. Points, 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 points. Jim. I am with Ryder plus 13. I think the hang around against Providence, the amp, the the renamed amp uh, and Cooley, not a great big favorite. Go back into the show and, and see the, the stat I cited on his against the spread numbers when he's a seven point favorite or more. Uh, lots of other questions coming in about yesterday, guys. Do we want to hit any of those or do we want to sign off.
0: Hit them real quick. Let's do it. Rapid fire. Matt,
2: Matt, is Memphis back?
0: Yes, I like Memphis. I've been saying all offseason. Listen to me. They're old. Adults.
2: Yeah. Every single minute was good. played by a senior or a fifth-year senior or a sixth-year senior yesterday. Kai Pepperdine, uh, Tristan Freeman asked us on Twitter, is that a mm-hmm. team you're buying long term or is it just Rice couldn't guard them yesterday? I'm buying them this year. They're good. Talent. They're good. Sophomore insane. class is really really good. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jevin Porter, top 100 recruit, younger brother of Michael Porter Jr. Jonte mm-hmm. Porter was awesome in his debut. 16, 7, and 4, 30 minutes. 6, 10, big man. Yeah. Uh, they're really, really young, so they'll be erratic still. It's like sophomores mm-hmm. and freshmen, but I kind of buy it. Uh Creighton by 12, I'll take that one. Yeah, Creighton <laughs> isn't as unbelievable dynamite as everybody thought they were. Um, Rob Dowster on Phil 68 after dark last night was kind of like, all right, you know, St. Thomas runs a bunch of intricate weird stuff. They put Kalkbrenner out in the perimeter because they have five shooters. I get that. They also should have completely thrashed them at the rim. Like Kulkbrenner should have scored every time down the floor. And they didn't feed him as much as they should have, and they didn't shoot the ball well from three. That's not an aberration. They were a bad three-point shooting team last year, too. I don't think that's fully fixed. So I, I think Creighton will have some ups and downs. Um, anything else? Andrew Carr, what's up with Temple? I'm sure Harry really wants us to talk Temple. Kai, do you have any take on the Owls? Well, no, I want Harry's up takes by, on Temple because like,
0: Harry informed me last year. I need more of Harry's takes. They that's were up we're, by like twelve
1: with four minutes left and and blew that game to Wagner. Blood, yeah. So
2: Wagner's God. Wagner's feisty again. Yeah, I'm not worried about Temple. Yeah, they yeah. will be all right. Um. Yeah, Matt. Uh, shout out to Duke. They were freaking legit Duke's without good, Whitehead and guys. Lively against. Yeah, a, it's them, a deep team. What should have been a feisty dog. So impressed Mark by their forty-four Rex points player. for Jacksonville. That's that's a really good. Mark Mitchell's very good. Yep,
0: Justice good. Winslow 2.0.
2: Yep. Uh, d- uh John Shire called they called Mark Mitchell easy because he's easy to play with. And Shire Shire made a real corny. Like, we just tell him, Don't be easy to guard, Mark. Don't be easy to guard. <laughs> Shire's <laughs> sorry, awesome. Kind of a gear,
0: but I love Shire.
2: I laughed. Uh, uh, all right. I think that's it, Matthew.
0: All right, uh, we'll sign off, it off. Then. off tomorrow.
2: We are off tomorrow. tomorrow.
0: Thank you, Kai. We are back Thursday, I think Friday and Saturday. So um, pretty heavy dosage of the Weavers as we get into a pretty heavy weekend slate. For those who stopped by today, thank you. Uh, Take the day off tomorrow on the hump day, but join us on Thursday. Same time as usual, uh, noon central, 1 eastern. Until then, good luck.